So what we watch anime, so what we play League, we're just having fun, we don't care who sees, so what we stay in, it don't bother me, living young, pale and nerdy. Hello and welcome to the Reaton Entertainment Podcast, episode 188 for March 10th, 2019. My name is Nathan Reaton Spruth and joining me this week we have Earl... Earl Third, the third. I will never change my name, and I will only make it less convenient over time. <laughs> and we have Connor, the cyberpunk monk. Hey, I'm Earl the Fourth. And I am, of course, your host, Nathan Reentspruth. I'm not playing along with with Connor. I'm sorry, sorry, Connor. I'm not playing with. You know the rule of improv is yes and, right? Not not no fuck you. No, no, it's not. Mm. No. Well, let me know when you get some uh, some listeners. Maybe we can play along then. It would be nice if we had some of those, but uh, unfortunately, right now we have zero, zero listeners. Actually, that's a that's a lie because uh, I actually got a phone call from one of my friends I used to work with, and she still listens to the podcast while she's at work. So there's that. I think Earl listens to it occasionally, and I that's do. about it. It's about it. <laughs> so uh, let's let's ask. We've been doing this a little bit differently for the last few weeks, so. Connor, what games have you been playing and where can we find online? All right. So I recently beat Breath of the Wild on Master Mode, uh, which when I say I beat it, I mean, I got all the shrines, got all of the uh, the DLC stuff finished out, beat Ganon with all my stats maxed out. Of course. Uh, got all my gear maxed out. And at that point, I was like, man, I have really sank three weeks into this video game, haven't I? So I'm sort of kind of just putting my switch down for a while. Literally feel like I've been doing nothing but staring into it for Anyways, uh, I started playing StarCraft 1 again. I saw that. That game is hard. Mm -hmm. Still a lot of fun. Um, I think I'm only like, I'm just about done with the Terran campaign. So again, I haven't really sank all that much time into it. Uh, I've been streaming a bit, most importantly. So as far as we can find me on Mixer at Cyberpunk underscore Monk, where I have been sporadically and unpredictably streaming StarCraft 1's main story. Um, Probably have something more routine, maybe not in the next upcoming weeks but relatively soon wherein i i don't know probably finish starcraft fucking love starcraft not playing online huh um i'm i mean it could i uh i I used to play brood war back in like uh, 1998 or something like that right um i i I wasn't very good but haven't touched it since weren't you like three in 1998 Mm, it was like seven (laughs) okay okay so i wasn't too far off I wasn't very uh I wasn't very old in 1998 either. I was 11. Yeah, so. I had to ask my parents permission, son. We didn't even have a computer cuz my mom was like, "I want to do drugs." And so, no computer for Nathan. Anyway, so you've been playing a lot of StarCraft. Uh where else can we find you other than Mixer? Um Mixer, Cyberpunk Discord, Twitter, Cyberpunk, you you get it. It's it's the same thing everywhere. What about Nemesis 0320? Um I don't know. I kind of retired that one. Good. That was uh that was the moniker that I used back in elementary school, back when things like having monikers and I, I think it actually started with the game tag for uh, Xbox. Mm. It was it was time to retire it. That's where I got written from originally. I uh I started by by needing a name for I needed a name for um Xbox for Halo because everyone else was like, "Oh, I'm this and then I'm this and I'm this." And I was like, "I'm Nathan." And they're like, "Yeah, that's <laughs> that's not going to work." Oh, okay. So now I'm reading, and uh, I think it fits me. So we're going to move on. We're going to talk to Earl. Earl, where can we find you online, and what games have you played this week? 
I can be found at E-A-R-L-G-R-A-Y-T-H-I-R-D. That's Earl Grey Third on Twitter. That's about it these days. But I've been upping my Twitter game, been tweeting more often. And by that, I mean more than once a week. Uh, been good. Yeah. 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 There's, there's a lot of like old school retro stuff that's really interesting that you share. It's it's enjoyable. When, I feel like I learned something when I view your Twitter feed. Ah, well, I'm, I'm glad you like that. Um, yeah, that's pretty much where I can be found online. I haven't been here for like a decade. So yeah. there's been a lot that I've been playing. I finally finished the uh, Bioshock trilogy a few okay. uh, weeks ago. Played Infinite. Infinite was a pretty good game. I don't understand people that are like, oh, it's the best game of all time. No. But it's, people say that? Bio- they Bioshock were definitely one, saying it when it came out. It's Bioshock not even the best Bioshock was, game. No, Bioshock <laughs> 1 was the best Bioshock game. I agree with that. Bioshock 2 was the worst Bioshock. I'd agree with that, Earl. Yeah. Yeah. So like uh, form. <laughs> I think one one is the best and I think two is underrated, but the worst Bioshock game is still pretty darn good compared to the average game, I would say. Yeah, yeah I'll say that, too. Yeah. So weakest of the trilogy. Yes, but uh, still very enjoyable. So I did that. And uh, let's see I, what I've been playing a lot recently is Tetris Attack. Or, I'm sorry, nice. Tetris 99. Oh, yeah. Uh, which uh, is fantastic. Have you ever won? I have. I've okay. won once. Oh, good. And I, uh, I usually get in the like top. I can if I don't get in the top twenty, I'm disappointed in myself. I'd say I, about. Sorry, go ahead. I was gonna say I knew somebody who would. He was very very good at bowling, and he would get very disappointed if he got under two hundred points. Wow. I no. <laughs> I don't know if my accumulated like bowling history has two hundred points. <laughs> I got one. I got one thirty-five once, and I was so proud of myself. So yeah, I'm, I'm really good, bad at bowling. I'm pretty good at duck pin bowling, but I no. think that's a regional variant on bowling. Yeah, yeah, I've never heard of it. I'm pretty yeah. good at wee bowling. Everyone's good at wee bowling. That's well, I don't know. I've seen some real stinkers online. These kids. <laughs> Those the whippersnappers. Anyway, you can't even read. You think you can bowl? So you did. You did the Bioshock trilogy. Bioshock trilogy. Uh, I did Tetris 99, and my Wii's, I, my word, my uh, Switch has actually been <laughs> seeing a bit of action lately because I uh, picked up that SNK collection. I don't oh, know yeah. if I had uh, done that the last time I was on here, and that's uh, very good. Our boy Frank Schifaldi did that, and uh, he is fantastic. Whenever you see a collection done by Digital Eclipse, they're the M2 of America, pretty much. Oh, okay. So, A+. And uh, I went back to playing Downwell for a while because that's just one of my favorite games it's actually rapidly becoming one of my favorite games of all time well that's good i don't know what it is but that's good oh my gosh it's like less than five bucks on anything you can imagine did you ever play games on your ti-83 yes i did okay did you ever play fall down i did not okay well i mean it was just incredibly simple as all those games were oh yeah you had like layers of platforms and you were just a ball that moved left and right and you had to keep getting to the bottom of the screen while the screen scrolled upwards yeah okay so yeah so downwell is that but a roguelike and sort of a bouncing platformer oh okay beautifully done so like you're in this well because you're looking for your dog because of course you are and there will be enemies floating around and you can either land on them to defeat them or shoot them with your gun boots and uh, you lose your charge on your gun boots until you jump on a certain amount of enemies. So, yeah, so their game rewards you by bouncing from enemy to enemy with things like, you know, uh, HP. So you, you get four hits, but if you hit 20 enemies in a row 
and you've lost a, a HP point uh, for redundancy's sake, then you regain one. Oh, okay. It's it's fantastic. Devolver put it out about three years ago, and uh, yeah, it, everybody should buy it. It's like less than five bucks on everything. I, I really like Devolver Digital. I think their uh, their E three conferences are really really good. So yeah. Yeah, they they and they have amazing uh, taste in what they bring over. I think this is originally a Japanese game, oh, Japanese that would, indie that makes title. Sense. Yeah. So, um, and where can we find you, Earl? I already said that. Oh yeah, just just there. But but here's a, just Midway International I, oh, Airport. Midway International <laughs> Airport. That's where we can find you. Anyway, um, so so are we allowed to talk about your other endeavor that you've been doing, or no? Which is the other endeavor uh the game the, store thing the game store yeah actually yeah okay, that's okay. why i wasn't here last week we were upgrading our point of sale system okay so so what's up with that so so you know, oh. whore your uh whore your game store well if you're ever in the baltimore area you can stop by regen video games in the white marsh mall and if you're traveling to baltimore via megabus it's right by the megabus stop but it's inside <laughs> the mall we oh, okay. specialize in in classic games uh, but we play. We have games from all eras, all the way up from uh, Atari to the Xbox One. And so, so you can come in. We've got imports. We do repairs. We do repros. You name it, we'll knock it out for you. We've also got a couple arcade machines in there. We're following the Japanese model of the used game store, where it's a, a very condensed and curated space. So we want to focus ourselves on having really good quality games that you can come in and be satisfied with what you see there and you always wish you could buy more. And do you have laser discs? <laughs> we do we do not have laser discs, but I have I have confirmation <laughs> that uh three of the managers own laser disc players, if that gives us any cred. Good, good, good. Because I'm still looking for a goofy movie on Laserdisc and uh it, it I it goes for like Fifty to seventy dollars on eBay, and it just—that's a little bit well, they, too much. They that's want a lot that for a laser disc. Yeah, it I is. know. They want—they yeah. want that uncompressed power line audio. Yes, you know? exactly. So, uh, but we're on. Sorry, we're on Facebook. Regen, R E G E N, just like the spell in Final Fantasy. It's where we got our name from. We are on Twitter at Regen Store. I want to say. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> we have a social media guy. That's that's his job. Oh, but okay. uh, yeah. Facebook is our main method of contacting people, so just follow us on Facebook. Cool. Anyway, very happy. Uh, Earl is now a uh, he's he's a capitalist now. I know. One of those scum. Yep. <laughs> so, and a reseller, the worst kind of capitalist. That's true. Because <sighs> you're taking money away from corporation. Darn so, right, I am. Could I uh, could I make one update to something I said last week though? What's I that? replayed uh, Damon X Machina for the Switch. Uh, mm -hmm. Pretty much immediately once I was done with Zelda. Last week, I mentioned that it was really hard to tell what was going on. The UI was kind of all in your face. Uh, then I played it off of handheld mode, and it's a lot better. That game is a lot of fun, even if it's just the free the demo missions or the beta missions, whatever the hell they call them. I insist if you have a Switch, and maybe not so much if you're only in handheld mode, uh, check it out. Hmm, cool. Cool. Nice. Nice to hear that. And we're going to move on to me. You can find me, Nathan Reeton Spruth, in a lot of different places as Reeton. So I'm on Twitter at Reeton. I'm on Mixer at Reeton. I'm on YouTube at Reeton or Reeton Entertainment. And um, you can go to my website, ReetonEntertainment.com. And uh, those are those are where you can reach me. The games I played this week, I don't know if it was this week or if it was the week before, but I wanted to talk to Earl about it. So I'm going to mention it anyway. It's a game called Disc Jam. Have you heard about this game, Earl? Ah, yes. The poor man's Windjammers. Yeah, it's Windjammers. 
Yeah, but, but, but less fun. They took out the fun. I, I had fun with it. Well, okay, maybe I'm being harsh. I beta tested that game, and uh, it was only okay. But yeah. I haven't played it since the beta test came out, and I definitely haven't played it since Windjammers came out on the PS4. Yeah, because Windjammers is on the PS4. Now, I had fun with Disc Jam, but I could understand if it's not as good as Windjammer. Windjammer, but... I mean, it's, it's, and that's kind of a bummer, because Windjammers just happens to be very, very good. It is. It is really good, and and it, everyone should get it because it is it is a great. Anyway, um, I've also played this week. I played Overwatch, and I'm uh, I'm pretty decent at that game. I played some Apex Legends. I'm pretty awful at that game. I played Kingdom Hearts, and I was I had I had actually completed. I had beaten the game. I haven't played after after the game. After you beat the game, you can go to like you can go to the Frozen Arendelle. You can go to Arendelle. And there's like a new mini game you can play there, and there's different mini games you can play in different places after you're done with the game. But I didn't do any of that because I don't care. And I did go and do the last world that I hadn't done yet, and I was like, oh, this is going to be like an hour or too long. It'll be an okay stream to play this game. And I was wrong. The Winnie the Pooh world is about 20 <laughs> minutes long, and it's like two mini games, and then you're done. You just leave. Oh, bother. So, yeah. Oh bother! So I uh, I then ended up playing some Apex Legends, and I am terrible at that. Game. Just completely awful. I hate battle royale games. Uh, but it but it's not a bad game. It's just I'm really bad at it. And then I mean, that's really it. Nothing nothing spectacularly new. Next, oh wait, that's a lie because Connor did see me play this game. I played Diablo One on my PC because it's on sale on GOG now. I enjoy that you're both going old school this week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, ni- it's 1998 week here on the yeah. Read Entertainment Podcast. So I don't really like the Diablo series very much, but I do like that they released the game. So, And it was only $10, so I was like... <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't really like the games, but the fact that they exist brings me joy. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like that they were able to that their Blizzard is really good at updating their games to work on newer systems. Sure, I, I got of, you. Yeah, there were a lot of games released back then that were in like the early two thousands or late nineties that just don't work on new systems. Like uh, one of the ones that comes to mind is Black and White. You just cannot really? get it anywhere. It will not run on anything after like Windows XP. That was and, considered a pretty landmark game too. Yeah, and it just has not been released. And I like that, as uh, Connor was saying, you know, StarCraft came out, and you know they they've patched that over and over again to work with newer systems. Yeah. Um, same thing with Diablo is they just got it released again on newer systems where it will work on Windows 10. It's a little janky, to be fair. But it does work. And so they keep doing that and they keep releasing their older games to work on newer systems. Are they doing that with um, uh, Warcraft 3? Aren't they Aren't they releasing Warcraft 3 again? So if they do what they did with StarCraft with Warcraft 3, I'm going to I'm going to fucking lose my mind. So let's just be honest here. <laughs> um, I do know that they are remaking it or sorry, remastering it. Um, I have no idea when that releases. I just know that it's on their you know, like yeah. front store page or whatever. Uh, if they do end up just making it where they're going to upgrade the original, which honestly, I already have Warcraft 3 on my Surface right now. It doesn't really need any help running on Windows 10 or yeah. whatever. But if they can make it so it's just, you know, multi-OS supported as well as they're doing with their Diablo and their StarCraft, it's going to be a good time for retro gaming. Yeah. And then, so so I played Diablo. And Diablo is, it's about what you remember. You click on things and they die and then you 
level up and you click on click on other things. That's pretty much what you do. And I remember when I was a, a young lad, I had a neighbor who had a PlayStation. I didn't have a PlayStation, but our neighbor had a PlayStation. And he had Diablo on the PlayStation. So Diablo on the PlayStation, you could do co-op, uh, local co-op. And so we would play Diablo, local co-op, and I uh, was terrible at it. There was a, a hat that I got. I think it was a hat. And I... I died, and my friend raised me, and I put on this hat, and I would die again. Well, I hadn't identified the hat, and apparently the hat gave you, like, negative 10 HP. <laughs> and so I would get raised. I wouldn't have very much HP. I'd put on the hat. It would lower my HP, and I'd die. <laughs> so, you know, good good times, good memories. It wasn't a perfect engine. I'll give it that. <laughs> what it dickhead made it that a, hat? I don't know. And I remember back in the day, my uncle was very excited that Diablo 2 was coming out. And he was very excited because it was going to have uh, more than just one dungeon, basically. He was very excited for that. But uh, I never got to hear his his thoughts on it because I moved away and I haven't really spoken to him in like 20 years. So That should be your avenue to start speaking to him again. Hey, what did you think about Diablo 2? But I don't really like him that much, like most of my okay. family. So factor that in. I don't really like you. Uh, what did you think of Diablo 2? And we'll end it there forever. So long story short, uh, I, w I we got kicked out of her house. I was living with my uncle for a while. Um, while I was living with my uncle, he bought all of us starter packs for Pokemon. Nice. And so I had a bunch of Pokemon cards. Well, when we moved out, we moved in with my mom and we were homeless for a couple of months. When we moved out, my uncle said, well, when you find a home, a stable place to live, then I'll send you your Pokemon card. And he never sent me my Pokemon cards. So that's why I don't like him. Because I, You're holding I, on to that anger for dear life, buddy. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, he owes me Pokemon cards. That's what I he I guess does. some of them could have been worth something now. Don't the old Pokemon cards go for a bit? Yeah, yeah. They mm, they definitely do. Some of no, them definitely really. do. Some of them I know do. They... So I know this because I played Magic the Gathering for a while. The Pokemon market tanked. Oh, it like, did. Unless you have a foil Charizard, on, you know, in mint condition that was certified before whatever. Eh. Like, yeah, it might be worth a little bit of money, but probably not. I had a friend it's, who... It's cardboard. Apparently, I had a friend who had a Charizard and uh, a, a foil Charizard, and he traded it for, like, a Bulbasaur or something. <laughs> yeah. He was, I invested... he was a kid, and he was dumb. What was that? I invested my money smartly in the uh, summer of 2001 in the uh, Dragon Ball Z collectible card game. Oh, good. Good. I'm proud of yep. you. Yep. How, how I've literally you... never met anyone in my life who bought those, let alone played the game. You should sell them at your store. I should. Here's <laughs> Earl's childhood disappointment. He got his first job making five twenty-five an hour, and this is what he spent it on. Yep. Yep. Good job, Earl. We're proud the of Trunks you. Trunks Remastered set. I was psyched. <laughs> Oh, man. And it was like that. The funny thing is Dragon Ball was huge then. So the idea yeah. that it didn't do well at all is hilarious. I think the I think it was the crest of the wave for Pokemon trading cards. And then Yu-Gi-Oh was right behind it, you know, because right. Yu-Gi-Oh by like 0304 was pretty, pretty large, uh, pretty big, too. Yeah. I also anyway. tried to get into the Mech Warrior, no Battletech trading card game in like 1998. So that's what I was doing then. And uh, yeah, yeah. You should have bought that like, either. You should have bought uh, magic cards. That's what you should have done. I really should have. <laughs> Not because it's a good game. I hate magic. But because you could have a lot of money right now. I a, buddy of, a buddy of mine has a black lotus in a safety deposit vault. 
and that's just his oh shit i need money excuse really it is, sounds is like that that's like... that's his i need a house excuse how much he's is already it? got a house it's um i'm pretty sure his was like thirty one thousand dollars or something like that wow. just sell it just just sell it goodness gracious. yeah if i if i were one of those i'd be like i used to have a black lotus now i have <laughs> a delorean <laughs> yes an electric delorean yeah so, that's the dream. No, I, I I will say our priorities do sound genuine for people who maybe played card games once. Maybe not so much for somebody who like has a child. Mm, valid. Two electric DeLorean. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna move on. We're gonna talk about some stories. Did you guys have the Is that what we do on this fucking podcast? <laughs> Five minutes, Nathan. I know, I know, right? We've been we've been talking for 25 minutes about DeLoreans and card games. So, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about Friday the 13th, the video game. I was really confused by this story because Friday the 13th is has basically halted production. They can't add anything new to the game except for like bug fixes. Mm-hmm. But apparently, their licensing ran out, so they can't add in like Jason X or you know, new camp counselors or anything like that. Like, no new content can be made. But it's it's basically in maintenance mode where, oh, this bug is messing up and messing things up, and so you they're going to fix that. But they're also releasing it on the Nintendo Switch, so they're allowed to do that. So maybe we should take a step back. Um, I'm pretty sure we talked about it on a previous episode, but it might be worth readdressing why they can't create more content for the Friday the 13th game. I'm yeah. pretty sure it has to do with the legal precedents. Like they were, they were told by a court that they could no longer do so. Um, it says, it says here, um, you shouldn't expect any future updates. Gun Media said last year it can't make any changes to the game, save for bug fixes and maintenance, due to a lawsuit over ownership of the Friday the Thirteenth characters. All right. So, so, so these crazy motherfuckers, they went out and they made a game and they released it, and then they're not gonna make more stuff with this. How do they make money? What, what well, are they going to do without DLC or or drop boxes or loot boxes or loot crates or drop crates or 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 whatever the hell they're going to be using to nickel and dime everybody out of their money nowadays in video games? Well, but but here's the thing, and I understand what you're saying. You're being sarcastic. Just a little bit. But that that those are some valid like points is that they see it like, okay, fans are going to look at this game and they're going to say... Okay, so we had they had this huge roadmap of what they wanted to do with the game. They wanted to add new maps, they wanted to add new characters, and now they're not going to be able to do anything. So the game is just going to slowly die. Not only is it slowly dying on Steam, now it's going to slowly die on Switch, if it even starts. If people even buy it on the Switch, besides Connor, because he's probably going to buy it on the Switch. I'm not going to buy it on the Switch. Why not? I already bought Payday on the Switch. I've got enough games that are slowly dying on there already. <laughs> That's true. Payday came out on Switch? Yeah. Yeah. Um, back when I was huh. taking the train each day, it was pretty goddamn awesome for like a solid two months. Huh. That yeah. actually does sound like a pretty cool I got really scenario. good at solo heisting. Yeah. So, uh, but the frame rate was a little, a little janky, but... Uh, like I think on Switch, yeah, yeah. I, I looked really. It. Um, and they lowered the graphics quite a bit. Yeah, it's like playing on low settings. Um, I can think of very few instances. It's usually when there's too much lighting effects going on, then the frame rates get a little crappy. But yeah, it's Payday. That doesn't actually happen that often. Honestly, if if you love Payday or loved Payday like I did, and don't mind throwing a little bit of money at the at Devolver Digital or whoever the owns their Starbreeze. That's who does. Yeah. Um, it's worth it. 
I'm 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 still waiting for Payday Three to come out. So that's that's what I really want. I uh I I like Payday Two, but it's really hard because you Row and I will all download it and then we'll just never get together and play it. And I don't really know anyone else who wants to play it. So. Adulthood. I know adulthood yeah, sucks. I- I know from years of running a D&D game that it's surprisingly difficult to get a group of adults together on a routine basis to play a game. Yeah, like there's this Pathfinder game that we're playing and someone's computer broke. So that's... So we just can't play anymore. Apparently. Uh, we Or we throw our ally to the enemies. I mean... Divide the, divide the experience one less way when you do that. That's true. That's true. I mean, I, I just, I'm worried that we can't make it through without our tank i'm not scared we'll, hey you remember we'll that podcast we do where we talk about friday the 13th being on switch wasn't that an exciting story man yeah. i really wish that we could like find a way to increase the speed at which we talk about you know like where like we transfer information specifically about friday the 13th to one another well i thought yeah, we like, maybe like gonna, i thought we were just going to move on to the usb 4.0 stuff you know it's yeah, funny because it i was uh, like oh uh, yeah sorry that was I, I was going i was going for the bandwidth <laughs> thing in there but uh <laughs> If you're going to be an asshole, why don't you take it from here? So, um, last week we actually talked, we spoke about USB and how they're ch- stupid. They're yeah, stupid. The, their naming policy is so stupid. Did you listen and to And I that guess girl? it doesn't matter anymore. Firewire for life. Yes, Firewire <laughs> for life. That's that's what I heard. So, USB, I don't even remember. It's what, 3.1? 3.2 3, or something 3. like 0, that. 3.0, 3.1, and then 3.2. Um, but now they're calling it USB 3.2 version A, B, and C or some stupid shit. It's Ugh. dumb. So, but Nathan, says, we talked about it last week. I hope you've forgotten about it already. Uh, because it's so dumb, it it exited my brain. So, but it does say here in the article from Engadget, it was just last week when we heard that the 20 gigabits per <laughs> second 3.2 connectivity may show up in new devices later this year. Intel is already talking about even speedier USB 3. Uh, four, sorry. And what that will be is it will be the same rate as Thunderbolt 3, which is 40 gigabits per second certified USB-C cable. And this 40 gigabits per second will only work on USB-C type connection. Um, And then it says here, USB 4 will be integrating this tech and thus effectively becoming the new Thunderbolt 3. Uh, So it's pretty much the mother of all wired techni- te- uh, technology, but then Thunderbolt is going to get an upgrade as well. So Thunderbolt, I believe, is going to be upgraded to have like 60 gigabits per second, and thus Thunderbolt 4 will have a higher rate or something. So we, they're just popping out new USB technologies with this USB-C, and I, I think it's great, but I also, I'm a little worried that things just will not be released with usb like 3.2 like 3.2 is coming out with the 20 gigabits per second but they already know that they're going to have usb 4 coming out so things will probably just wait until usb 4 comes out before they start making a bunch of products with new usb that makes sense sure i mean at this point i'm not going to really get excited for anything until i see you know tbps data transfer speeds yeah cuz cuz now that we're getting into what i would currently but may not in the future considered to be ridiculous speeds um i sort of have to wonder when are, when are we going to just sit down and decide this is what the universal cable is how uh you know it, it sucks if you have to release something and then you know six months later or a week later as far as the news and the entertainment channels concerned oh yeah. look we have a new cable out for it 
all of your schematics and uh, blueprints that you have right now out of date. Absolutely. Up yeah. What were that's... you saying, Earl? Well, as somebody who doesn't know about technology in the way that you two do, how close are we to like uh, uh, terabit speeds for mm. connectivity? Like still, still far, 20? far away right now. Uh, I, okay. I would say probably uh, I mean, a decade. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say probably within 20 years we'll have it. That sounds realistic. Yeah. Um, 10, I I kind of, you know, I, don't, I think that sounds a little low, though. Yeah, so right now we're going from USB, what was it, 1.1, though, 20 years ago, ran at like 11 megabits per second. And then USB 2.0 increased that to over 100. It, it was like 11 times, so it was over... 100 megabits per second firewall was firewire at, oh, i'm sorry firewire yes was <laughs> what was that it was what 300 megs a second? that sounds about that sounds about right Woo! so well yeah but hey within, listen i built my degree on those 300 megs a second uh and i and I, of course if if you know the actual speeds or google it uh but but relatively within the last 20 years we have increased from those speeds USB 1.1 and FireWire speeds all the way up to 40 gigabits per second. That is a massive increase. So the Mm -hmm. idea that within 10 to 20 years, we could get terabit a second through a cable, that's pretty feasible, I think. I I just, I don't know. What's the barrier to entry there? Um, How fast you could fire electrons okay yeah pretty much and so do we need new material for that so um i've actually spent the last couple of seconds here and um as far as do we need new materials hopefully graphene would be able to assist in that i haven't actually sat down and watched like the improvements in transference rates of fucking molecules and data transference but well and uh, length, length also has has a role to do with it as sure well. sure at a certain point a cable will degrade with its uh if its length is too far I so have I, no idea whether or not these uh, USB 3.4 yeah, point yeah, whatever they have, cables are going to be actually, you know, survivable at anything that's usable. Yeah, hmm. because they may, you know, we might be able to get a terabit per second out of a cable, but it might be two inches long. And right. That's it. And don't bend it. <laughs> don't bend it. Oh, God, don't bend it. You're going to break it. <laughs> yes. But uh, so. if you need entire hard drives transferred over, that's your cable. Use yeah. the chode cable. Mm-hmm. So... <laughs> Um, so I, uh, I, what I was originally going to say is while we were discussing this, I would actually start thinking not of how fast can we get cable through a wire, but how fast can we get data off of a cable? Um, yeah. That's probably going to be the next logical step in both data transference and device connectivity is, I mean, I hope it's not Bluetooth just because Bluetooth's been proven to be a little unreliable, but well, and here's, I'm willing and here's to the bet thing it's going to be a wireless world. Here's the thing, too, as as you were just saying, like, yeah, we might we're going to have 40 gigabits per second transfer speeds. That's amazing. Can a solid state drive do 40 gigabits per second um, write speeds? That's what we that's another barrier of entry. We might be able to transfer the data as fast as possible. But the idea that we could actually read and write that data probably not right now and i don't know within the next 10 years if we're gonna have the speed to do that another Mm -hmm. question from an idiot then would the research for one help the other 
like oh yeah absolutely okay. things are yeah, yeah. Be upgrading hand in hand with each other That's, i guarantee sure yeah. okay like like anyway stay tuned for all this and more next week on the computer chronicles <laughs> right right now we have um we have like normal ssd well we have the normal hard drive which right like, like with the uh, physical disk yeah which kind yeah. of suck yeah um but but you can hold a lot of information on them and then we have solid state drives in the normal like laptop form factor with the what is it 2.5 2.5 yeah yeah so we have that we have those and then we also have the mdme drives which are great and super fast but still nowhere near 40 gigabits per second write speed and now as somebody who does know a little bit about it are you talking about the, like those uh those m1 gummy stick style hard drives yeah those i have one they're amazing yeah they're uh, they're kind of a pain in the ass to transfer with, but go on. What do you mean transfer with? Uh, back when I worked a couple companies ago, um, when we were upgrading our our crap Lenovo machines, we went from two point five style to those little sticks. Yeah. So it made data transference a pain in the ass if like they couldn't boot their machine anymore. You know, one of the usual reasons why we do tra- data transference is like yeah. they broke their screen and or the, like the port's fried or it's just it's fucked every time it would be so fucked. Uh, yeah. I digress. When I worked, um, and, and really the the only issue that I had with it is that getting adapters for it, we didn't have the technology there, so we had to use really shoddy adapters that failed like three fourths of the time. Yeah, I what I did was I just used um, Macrium Reflect and copied copied the hard drive from one to the other. But anyway, um, when I worked in my last job, the new computers we got in had all of them were like five thousand dollar computers with two two terabyte nvme samsung drives in raid zero they were amazing and getting them to work so that we could actually put them in raid zero and stuff was kind of a pain in the ass but uh we got it working and they were they were really really fast i really liked them but they're also i think they were twelve hundred dollars a piece so (laughs) or maybe it was twelve hundred dollars together but I, I think it was twelve hundred dollars together but still that's a lot of money twelve hundred dollars for two two terabyte hard drives anyway let's move on and talk about anthem anybody here play anthem no because i want a ps4 that works no because i don't want a ps4 regardless of whether it's working or not but it's but it's also on pc and xbox one so. yeah but the story is about the ps4 story this is you're not good at segues are you stay on topic Jayden. i'm i'm able to stay on topic you're you guys are the one that are being jerks so hey did you know that anthem is breaking ps4s talk about that yeah, so Anthem is bricking PS4s for some reason. I'm not sure why. Uh, oh, probably because of a, an issue with the uh, program, I would imagine. Yeah, I would imagine it's a programming <laughs> issue. So it says here that uh, the game subreddit is filled with PS4 and PS4 Pro owners. So it's not just one of... It's. Not, I was thinking maybe it was just the PS4 was having issues. Yeah. But not the Which PS4 would make Pro. sense-ish. Yeah, because it's less powerful, and maybe it's like pushing the the stuff too hard, and it's crashing. Yeah, sure, too much strain on it. But Those it Jasper says, boards. It says the owners of reports are reporting of mid-game crashes, but many of these aren't your standard freezes or resets. Users say it's as if someone pulled the plug without properly shutting down hardware or that the power went out of the house. Following this type of crash, some found that pushing the front button would start the console or would not start the console. Instead, they had to unplug the machine and plug it back in. When it does start, the PS4 display CE36 
329-3, which it described as a system software error. A few players claim that their PS4 was bricked by Anthem. The cause of the problem remains unclear, but it may be a heating issue. EA recently said that it was investigating the matter. Unsurprisingly, those whose consoles are now expensive paper rates, uh, I'm sorry, paperweights, paper rates, are advising people not to play the game. Shockingly enough, people who had their consoles bricked because of a video game are saying, yeah, maybe you shouldn't buy this game. I don't know, maybe. So uh, because of that, now Sony is offering full refunds for Anthem following reports of game crashes and bricking PS4s. So I wonder what they're doing with the people who had their bricked PS4s. Are they giving them replacement PS4s even if they're out of warranty? Well, I would hope so, but probably ain't gonna happen. Yeah. I mean, that's what that's what Xbox did when they found out about the Red Ring of Death and how it was going to kill every single of that version of Xbox 360. They, yeah, they spent the the warranty was like it became like three and a half year warranty. Yeah, it was just a huge warranty, and it didn't matter how long you had it for. You could send it in, and they would fix it for you and send it back. And it was a billion dollar mistake, but. That spending that billion dollars actually made it so that the Xbox 360 was successful. Had yeah, they not done that, they would have been done. Now, that's an example. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that it's kind of ironic that the Red Ring of Death, I think, was the cause of most of Microsoft's goodwill that they generated that generation. Yeah, the way that they handled it was really good. Yeah, right? they handled it really well. <laughs> the Red Ring was a false flag all along. <laughs> well, and uh, I... So th- what, what I wanted to say was that that was an example of the Xbox, of Microsoft doing something good when they have an issue. I don't think they would do that, uh, they being Sony, is because they have a history of not doing the right things when they screw up. <laughs> they, they do. Uh, remember when they had a data leak and they're like, sorry, you guys want a free game from when the shitty console came out? Yeah. Oh, they, uh... what, what about your What about your credit? I don't know. What, 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 why did you save your credit card information? You shouldn't have done that. Buy some video games. Here's a free one. What? You don't? You already own Dishonored? Like, every, not Dishonored. Um, Infamous, like every other, other motherfucker on the PlayStation 3 market? I don't know. Have Little Big Planet. You have that one, too? I guess you're fucked. Sorry about the credit card. Or that, that was time not, when that, they were that like... Was, go ahead. No, that time where they were like, hey, you guys want to buy audio CDs? It's the year 2001 and you still got to buy audio CDs. No, no, there's no, there's no spyware on this. No, that's, no. that's just, you're mistaken. Just let it be. Just, just let it be. Let it go. Sony's, let it go. Sony's official formal customer service policy is, eh? <laughs> oh, fuck them. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. But I mean, Xbox really generated a lot of, of hate as well when they, announced the xbox one and that how it was going to be like an all digital machine oh you couldn't trade your games and stuff like that uh it would be really stupid of them for them to like release a discless xbox one or something like that right it had to be some sort of wild maverick to get away with something like that yeah Yeah, like sony with the psp go oh yeah that was successful (laughs) actually i hear the psp go wasn't a bad system but it was just it was all digital and uh, i was gonna say now that people hack them people now they go for a bit yeah yeah do you sell them at your store we do sell them at the store it can be found in white marsh maryland in the white marsh mall check the second level just up the escalator <laughs> next to the jewelry store all right great and so i was gonna say nothing would make me feel more like i'm 12 again other than taking a bus to go to the mall to get some <laughs> video game stuff done 
<laughs> so we we were making some references about the Xbox Maverick. That's their code name, and apparently it's going to be named the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. <laughs> <laughs> and as you can tell from the name, uh, it doesn't have a disk drive. So they don't have to pay those silly licensing fees to Sony. And, well, actually, the conglomerate that owns Blu-ray, they don't have to play, pay those pesky licenses. But you also can't buy physical copies of game. I wonder if it's actually going to be cheaper to purchase this than... It has to be. It'd it be ha- stupid if they if it wasn't. I would. I don't understand why anyone would buy it. Right, right. It ha- I think it would have to be what what's the Xbox One S going for right now? Two two fifty? Two hundred on sale? Something like that? Uh, yeah. I, I was gonna say that actually sounds really cheap for a next gen console. Well, oh Jesus, is Xbox One S not a next gen console anymore? Is that no, just current gen? Because there's is, well there's yeah. the Xbox One X. That's the one that they want you to spend the money on. Yeah. Oh, the Xbox okay. One okay. X is the I... one that can do four K and I'm you can't see me, but I'm doing quotation mark. And you're right, you're right. I was that's like mixing up yeah yeah so it says here and we are getting the story from windows central actually oh. so first detailed by brad sams of thorot.com microsoft has been experiencing experimenting with a diskless xbox one x called the xbox maverick with a launch window thought to be around quarter one 2019 according to sources we now know a little bit more about the timing and marketing name of this intriguing new console so you can tell that windows central are fanboys because they use the word intriguing. Intriguing. And I like this launch window of uh, quarter one, 2019, which has, oh, I don't know, two weeks left in it? Uh, yeah. It says Microsoft is reportedly set to call the diskless Xbox One Maverick the Xbox One X Digital Edition with pre-orders uh, aiming for mid-April 2019. Let's uh, let's place a bet right now, not on the fate of the system itself, but on how many various podcast YouTubers, personalities, and uh, things alike will call it the dickless Xbox the One dickless X. The dickless Xbox, yes. The, you the know that's going to happen at least 90 times. The dickless times. edition. We just did it. We just started the trend. Um, hashtag, hashtag dickless. So, you know, it was International Women's Day like two days ago or something, right? Yeah, yeah. well, you know. Go women. Go women. Women are great. Uh, I'm a we, fan. We've had Ce- some on Celebrate women before. with the dickless Xbox. <laughs> In addition to the discless Xbox One S all digital edition. Seriously, can we not call it that? Because that is a long, long name. Uh, I hear Microsoft... you. I hear you enunciating discless every time, and I can just tell that it's trying not to do the slip of the tongue. It is. It's very hard. <laughs> it is very difficult to do that. Let's uh, just call it the Xbox Freud. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Microsoft may be gearing up to announce a Fortnite edition console with a custom Fortnite design rather than a simple game bundle. Bundle. It's unclear whether the Fortnite console would be a regular S or X. Probably a regular S, let's be fair. Or well, it's, a, it's a Fortnite console. It's going to be Xbox Junior. Or a discless <laughs> version at this time. Uh, as always, with these sorts of rumors, take them with a pinch of salt. Um, that's what it says on there. So what are your thoughts on having no disk drive in an Xbox console? I mean, to be fair, most of the games I buy are digital now. Um, except for the PlayStation 4. I actually like buying physical copies of PlayStation 4 games. But like on my computer, I don't have a disk drive hooked up to my computer. I have like a, I have an external DVD drive I plug in every once in a while. But other than that, like all of my computers don't have a disk drive. In. Uh, what about I, you, you guys? I, my, uh, 
optical drives regarding computers, it's the exact same situation. I've got a plug-in DVD drive, and that's about it. But I do buy a lot of physical games for uh, the PS4 and the Switch, too. Yeah, uh, I'll buy physical on that. I just, here's my question. Who is it for? Like, is it for, like, hey, I'm not trying to uh, put them down. Is this aimed at, like, literal 12-year-olds? So it can be a, a streaming device and for digital games only? Because, yeah, I, you know, I mean, I... I see a lot of people that would be older than that have the degree of expendable income where they would buy used games. And I think that people that are older, older than that are going to buy an Xbox One X. It really is a terrible naming system. Well, to buy, to play 4K games, to play 4K Blu-ray, you know. They they worked with the people who made USB 3.2. They, they worked with them <laughs> on their naming scheme. Ah, there we are. It all comes back. Yes. I just I just don't get it. I, I hate to be so flippant, but like, uh, so, all right, So here's cool. my thing. Here's my thing with, with consoles like this. So I like, I, I play all, pretty much any console I can get my hand on, I will play. So Turbo Graphics. If I could find a Laser Active, I would totally play a Laser Act. Um, you know, and then of course I have an Xbox One. I have a PlayStation 4. I have a Nintendo Switch. And I like that I can go to GameStop or Regen, which is in Baltimore, in the mall or somewhere. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> right off of I-95. There you go. Right off of I-95. And I can go I can go there and buy used games for relatively cheap, right? Right. Um, but you can wait on games. Right. But let's say let's say you get this discless uh Xbox One S. And you, in ten years, they they disable the service like they did with the with Xbox Live for the original Xbox. Right. Your oh, console yeah, at that sure, point, sure. your console at that point is bricked. Like you can it's play the. It's not game. that it's bricked. It's that anything you have on there, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. You're fucked if your hard drive goes. Yeah. Um. I have. Oh my I, gosh! I didn't even think of that. Yeah. So Ugh. it's like with the PSP Go. They they turned off. Do do can you still download for the PSP Go? I'm not sure if it's still. I want to the say they just—they might have just stopped it, like yeah, shockingly recently. And so now the PSP Go, unless you hack it, is donezo. And yeah. like I have a PS2, I have two PS2s, and I—I I actually don't like putting discs in the the hard or in the disc trace because they, you know, they're gonna wear out at some point, and then Moving I would parts. either have to, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I would either have to replace them or or just not use them anymore and so i use hard drives in them and i back up my game copies on there and it makes it so that it it saves the life of the console but i still like the idea that i can go and go to an old video game store and buy ps2 games and play them on my my ps2 and because yes so so i don't like the idea of an all digital console because at some point it's going to break at some point, they're going to turn off those servers, and you're never going to be able to download games for them again. So any games that you wanted to buy, any games that you could go out and buy used from like Regen or GameStop or GameQuest, you're not going to be able to put them in and play it. Unless, which I would think this would be hilarious, unless they make an external disk tray or disk drive for the oh, Xbox One. Oh, that'd be One amazing. <laughs> it would be great, actually. Uh so like I, that uh, HD DVD player they released for the 360. You know, I've tried to find that on eBay, and anytime you type in HD DVD, it's just like, do you want to look at DVDs? Like, we don't <laughs> right. know. Like, why would you want an HD DVD? That those there were only twelve movies released. 
<laughs> yep. So uh, I'm presuming neither of you are getting an Xbox One S all digital version. If I may say something uh, to sort of piggyback off of what you said, you, you go to a, a game store and you buy old games, maybe from the previous generation or my favorite time to buy video games is that the is at the end of the current generation. Oh, yeah. Because you discover things. You you find out about games that slipped under your radar that have been just swimming around in the ether of the world for the past five years, and you had no idea. And sometimes those become your favorite games. I think what Microsoft is going to lose with this uh, edition of the console is that sort of cultural touchstone moment of discovering games. They're robbing their base of the ability to do that. And I and can, and I can assure you that that does. I, I'm sorry, I'm interrupting you, but no, you're good. Uh, at the end of the PlayStation 2's life cycle, my friend and I would go out to GameStop, and we would go to the the used bin of PlayStation 2 games, which were only like five dollars at that time, and we just buy three or four games, and we would play them, and I'd put them in my stack of games. Yeah, and there were so many games I would buy that now are actually worth quite a bit of money. Like there was a game I bought called Obscure, which is really, really bad. But <laughs> it was I bought it for like $5, and it now is worth like 50-something dollars because it's a very obscure game that apparently a lot of people really like, even though it's terrible. Well, so, people love terrible things. Yeah, they do. Um, At least 42% of America does. <laughs> hey! Hey! But, uh, but 16 no, and, million and, Americans. Anyway, yeah. Something... How many people bought Kingdom Hearts 3? Hey! <laughs> oh. Ah, beautiful. And and to sort of leapfrog off of what you're saying, right now, 10 years later, you know, maybe even only six years later, you're telling that story, and that story is about you enjoying the PlayStation 2. Yeah. And the PlayStation 2 is, a, is an integral part of that story, and it's being mentioned a bunch of times. That's how a brand is built. That's how you get nostalgia that can feed off of itself because you think of your time with the PS2 and you go, oh man, good times. So when, you know, maybe you have kids and you sit out gaming for 10 years no. and then the and then the <laughs> PlayStation 7 comes out, you're like, oh my gosh, PlayStation, it's still around. I love this. That's great. And then, you know, you step over the pile of uh, discless Xbox One S uh loser edition consoles that litter the floor as doorstops and you say i'll buy this instead yeah well once they figure out how to hack them maybe that'll be good oh no that'll be awesome i'll buy one <laughs> in 10 years for sure <laughs> yeah like but they're also like emulations coming a long way too so right now they're they're starting to get where you can emulate ps3 games pretty well well so... this whole fpga thing is gonna change the whole emulation game which is well, the... very exciting the problem with that right now is that the FPGA, I believe, I heard the, the highest they can go right now is about 16-bit, so SNES. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. No, I'm just saying, like, like I that. if that continues to be developed, I foresee that being a, a very big-time game-changer in the emulation scene. Yeah. So we have one more story to talk about, and it is about the Xbox. Well, at least it's about Microsoft as well, and I know Connor's very excited about it. I know I'm really excited about it, and this is Halo. The Master Chief Collection is reported, reportedly close to release on PC, and this is coming from uh, Overclock 3D Net. And it is uh, the Master Chief Collection. When did that come out? Like four years ago? Something crazy. It's a while. Yeah. Aroa mentioned it last week. I don't remember though. 
And it was really when it first came out, um, it was really bad. Like the online servers just didn't work, and it was a little janky with the way that it controlled. But they they patched all of that out. It works really well now. Um, I it was so bad at release that I actually returned it because it was that bad. It was it was really awful. More like so the says, master cheap out collection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have uh, we have had sources that claim that Halo. The Master Chief Collection was coming to PC for quite some time, hearing reports that Microsoft had internal builds of both Halo 5's campaign and the Master Chief Collection running on PC since 2016. With most former Xbox One exclusives coming to the PC platform, ports of the Xbox One's Halo release seemed inevitable, especially given Microsoft slash Xbox shift to more software-driven approach to gaming, which I actually do like the idea that they're they're porting a lot of games over to PC because that means I don't have to play my Xbox One. I could just play them on PC. I have Best a case scenario for all of this. I'm sorry. Could you speak one at a time? Best case scenario. Um, I have a conspiracy theory for all of this when you're done. Okay. So it says here uh, Xbox's Phil Sp- uh, Spencer had reportedly firmed that several PC-focused announcements are ready for E3 2019. Beyond that, a new Microsoft gaming store is planned for PC, which hopefully will be way better than the Microsoft store because it is shit, which will likely launch with the Xbox brand. Uh, under its expanding uh, Xbox brand beyond Microsoft's core console platform, and PC gamers are likely to benefit from the shift. As it stands, most first-party Xbox titles have already made it to PC, even though those that were released before the Xbox Play Anywhere program started. Sunset Overdrive uh, is one of the ones that has been. I don't hasn't um, uh, not Dead Island the other the other game that has zombies in it. Uh, I can't remember the Resident name of Evil. It. Not Resident Evil. The the one for that was on Xbox 360. Dead Dead, Dead Rising. Rising. Dead Rising. Okay, I thought that was wrong. But anyway, uh, what do you guys think about this? Uh, let's talk to Connor first, because then we'll hear about Earl's conspiracy theory. Sure. Uh, I want it. I want it real bad. Uh, <laughs> Me too. Me too. I, 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 which I'm not really sure if, I, if I'm fully trustworthy of Microsoft on that endeavor yet. But if it does happen, if it does happen as recently as they say it's going to, whether that's you know a couple of weeks from now or with the, the unveiling of the new Microsoft store, so be it. But I just don't want it to suck. Hopefully they learned the lessons. Hopefully the, the, the launch won't have servers that don't goddamn work. Um, did they say anything about having extra halos on there? Uh, no. Or is I that don't all think... speculation? I, that's all speculation. I, I'm pretty sure the Master Chief Collection is just going to have... Wasn't it 1, 2, 3, and 4 on it? I don't think it had 4. Maybe I'm I thought wrong it about did. that, though. I, I thought the Master Chief Collection had 1, 2, 3, and 4. Honestly, I'm in it for 1 and 2. If yeah. Reach or ODST was on there, that'd be perfect, but doesn't have three, to be. 3 is really good, though. I really like 3. Mm, so. It's okay. Um, so let's let's talk to Earl. What is your conspiracy theory, my friend? Yeah, so. My theory on this is actually uh, tied back into the discless Xbox One S small edition. Uh, I think... Xbox Unic. Yes, the Xbox Xbox Unic. I think that the rumor for this and launch of this might be a soft test market at doing their own version of a Steam box. Because I have been getting the increasing impression for the past year or so that Microsoft is getting out of the hardware business. Yeah. And I think that would probably be for the best. I mean, I'm always a fan of more competition in any industry. But, you know, what does Microsoft really have to offer on the Xbox One? I'm not trying to be a fanboy here, but very few exclusives. And 
I think that there's that current trend too of like a million online stores to buy games now. I mean, if your Steam store, your Epic store, your I assume some sort of Euro Truck Simulator store is out there somewhere. <laughs> yes, we, we talked that about that about a month ago. It's it's getting to be a problem. Yeah, really so I think Microsoft wants a piece of that pie, and I think that Microsoft has the capital and the name recognition that they could make the Xbox Store the next, you know, perhaps a very big online store for games. That could Microsoft might have the weight behind them to be a direct and legitimate competitor to Steam. Yeah. I'd be interested to see if well, maybe. I mean, they've got the money, is what I'm saying. They do. Have so money. I'll um I'll humor you there, and I'll uh, I'll play angel's advocate and i'll say let's uh let's say microsoft does nail it and their store has no issues and it's a good competitor to steam sure what they would need to do to make it work and i think they could totally get away with it is a people on pc aren't going to be paying if you have any kind of price associated with it to to be using your services in this way that's going to draw people away and steam will still remain to be the juggernaut however if they're smart, if they make it so you don't need Xbox Live to crossplay, if they continue to promote crossplay, which I imagine would be crazy not to, and they decide to go also, these are now Steam boxes, I think Girl might be onto something. Of yeah. any of the, the people in the market right now who would take the place of Steam, why wouldn't it be Microsoft? Uh, because That's it's epic right now. But And what's... And what's the Xbox One S No Disc Edition perfect for? Families who can't afford a gaming rig for little Johnny, who want who wants to play his Fortnite or wherever the kids are going to be into in five years. And yeah. okay, fine, we can we can buy this just like we would an Apple TV or a Roku. Yeah, and it might be better. I mean, I know that they're yeah. I think they put Xbox on the Switch recently. Yeah, see, and that's another. I think they're shifting to making it a brand of gaming accessibility, so to speak. Yeah. With with yeah. their own little little boxes, like I I don't know how it works, and we didn't cover the story, but the the switch is now getting. I think it happened when I was in Japan, and the switch. You is mean getting, you didn't hear about Xbox news in Japan? That's just shocking. I know. Well, I was. It was really weird because uh, there was a lot of news I just wasn't getting because uh, my Twitter feed was just loading up with lots and lots of Japanese trends. <laughs> That I yeah. couldn't read. Right, and you're, are you still getting Twitter ads from Japan? Not, not anymore. But okay, it was, it was like I would load up my trends. Like I would go to my, uh, my trends on my phone and see, like, oh, what's happening? And I was like, I don't know what's happening. Apparently, a lot of Japanese stuff is happening that I don't know. So I'm just gonna. The go Japanese text. have opinions on something. Yeah. Uh, also, they just opened up a Kirby cafe. And so mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go back because I have to go back and see the Kirby Cafe. Oh, did you see any Xbox Ones for sale there used? Uh, No, I did see some a lot of GameCubes over at the Hard Off that I went to. Huh, okay. That's pretty cool. Yeah, there were a lot. Like, their, their prices for, like, PS1 games are ridiculously cheap. Insane, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, it was a dollar for Final Fantasy uh, 8, 9, and 10. Like, just yep. a, a dollar per game. I'm guessing those GameCubes were what, two thousand yen? Yeah, something like that. Something crazy. Yeah, that sounds about cheap. right. Uh, unfortunately, I, feel like I didn't get it. Japan in is like the place to live if you're into hardware modding. Yeah, hardware modding. Um, it, I, a lot of it has to do. It's super cheap, homie. Well, well, a lot of it has to do with um, like the, a lot of their old used computers are cheap too because they don't throw away their computers. Yeah, it costs extra money for them to 
like uh, quite a bit of money to throw away their computers. So it's a lot cheaper for them to, to like sell them or give them to these used game and used hardware stores. Yeah. And, it's... and uh, so a lot of their stuff is just sold for incredibly cheap prices. What were you going to say, Earl? No, they just have to pay really high electronics reclamation fees yeah. over there. So, so yeah, you see amazing prices on things and then you're like, oh, Man, what great deals. If only I had a suitcase and these didn't weigh 90 pounds a piece. Yeah. <laughs> I could finally buy this mini disc player I've wanted for so long. You should have got one. Should have done there it. There were several that I saw. I wanted one. I wanted the stereo mount kind, but... All you have to that's... do is check a bag, man. You'll be fine. Yeah, well, you know, when you're not flying standby, it's way easier to check a bag. Oh, when right. they check the bag, you're like, what's your final destination? Oh, America somewhere. What do you know? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out when I get there. Just send it to the States. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot that you have to do stand. You have to do standby when you travel international. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Which, See, I mean, I really don't mind. And I, I know how to look for the flights that'll get me there. But but checking your bags just really isn't an option in that so, scenario. So so what's what's the deal with that? Like, what do you do? Do you like, like, I just, I don't know how it works. So I, I would like to know when you leave your house to go, yes. let's say to go to Australia or Japan or something. Okay. What, what do you do? How does a standby flight work? Well, first you got to get to the airport. Okay. That's the key thing in this whole process. Okay. So the day before or the week before, you can just sort of look and see what the listings are for these various flights. Like, is there is this a full flight? Is this flight completely booked up? Are there open seats on this flight? And the good news is with long term uh, or long haul international flights, they're much larger planes. Oh, for yeah. economic sake, you know? Yeah. So they seat, you know, two to six hundred people. So if a plane is only halfway full, that's 100 open seats, you know? So you just sort of learn how to play the odds to get on one of those flights. So you show up at the airport, you check in with customer service and say, hey, I'm uh, trying to fly to Tokyo Narita. Uh, here's my information. And they say, okay, you're added to standby. You go through security, get to the gate. And they say, yeah, we've got you. We'll call you up when uh, you're all clear and hopefully you get on. Oh, that's cool. Uh, when, yeah. I, when I went to Japan, I went to, I actually flew into the Narita airport. And, yeah, that's uh, a. I, I like Narita. Uh, it was nice, and then I we we actually didn't stay in Tokyo. We stayed in a, a little town called uh, Shisui, which okay. is about. It's like four stops on the Keisei line from uh, the airport. So it's like okay, it's just a few minutes. It's like a ten minute train ride, and then you walk, and then we walked another ten minutes to the the Airbnb we we're staying at. That's nice. So it was it was really nice, and actually it was it was a lot better I would think than staying in Tokyo. Because I, when we were in Tokyo, it was there's so many people, and I was just like, oh my goodness. And then we would go home, and there was not a lot of people. So right, it was yeah, it was this, better to go visit than to to stay in Tokyo. The space between Narita and Tokyo, there's a lot of you know farmland you see, a lot of suburbs. Oh yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd actually kind of like to explore that because every time I go there, I just hop the train into Ichikawa, is where my friend lives. Yeah. So I, you know, go straight into the uh, the heart of the beast, so to speak. And yeah. Ichikawa isn't isn't like you know Shinjuku or Shibuya where it's very packed. Ichikawa, I would compare to oh, let's say the university part of like Seattle, like the oh, university okay. city. Yeah. yeah. So like there are people and there are things, but it's not as incredibly dense as the rest of the. So so that's areas. what we did a lot of the time when we were there was we explored that area and we went to we actually walked up we found a temple. 
like a giant oh, nice. temple that we were able to find. And then we went to uh, Sakura has a uh, Japanese national history museum. And hmm. we went to that and they actually give you these little headsets and every little piece has a number on it and you type in the number and it will tell you about that piece in English. Oh, that's nicely done. Yeah, it was it was great. Like uh, the temple had a very less um, standard way of doing things. They had an old cassette player, a portable cassette player that you had to put the cassette in that was in English and it was dying. So uh, you just played it and it would be like exhibit one and you would listen to the exhibit and then you would go and go to the next exhibit. And mm-hmm. they were both like four or five dollars a piece to get into. So it was really cheap to, yeah. for, for both of the museum. So the, or the, the that... museum and the temple. There's just so much to see there. there That's is. the thing. I, I sometimes feel like Japan uh, is uh, been given a disservice by most tourists and especially the nerdy types because they focus on, you know, oh, well, I'm going to play video games, I'm going to go to the arcade. And I love those things. Don't get me wrong. But it's an it's a very old country. It's a country older than I'd say, oh, I don't know, two thirds of the countries in the world. Yeah. So there's all this history and Japan has a very deep respect for their own history. And I guess that's part of Shintoism. So you you can just run into places like that, that are maybe just a little bit off the beaten path and have these really unique experiences. And that's probably one of my favorite parts about the country. Yeah, it was great. And I would like to, I would like to go back. Uh, I was thinking about going to other places like Germany, but I really want to go back to Japan. See, see now why I go there once a year. And the food was so good. And you can eat healthy food for cheap. And yeah, it's, I didn't like half the time. I didn't know what I was ordering, but it was really good. So did you get onigiri at 7-Eleven? No, I did not. uh, Actually, we did go to 7-Eleven. We did go to 7-Eleven a couple times, but I, I love 7-Eleven's onigiri over there. I can't explain it. It's just really good. It was a little weird that they didn't have like fountain drinks. At 7-Eleven? Oh, yeah. That's true. Like, we were like, oh, man, we could get some fountain drinks. And we went in there, and nope. Like, they don't sell nope. fountain drinks almost anywhere. And one but of the... got Picari sweat. And I don't know what... I, I'm going to leave... I'm going to end the podcast after this, but I want to <laughs> talk to you about this. Yeah. Nobody told me that all the toilet seats over there are heated toilet seats. Yes. Which is which... weird, because in America, that's a very disconcerting feeling. Yeah. But, but over I was... there, it's like a hug for your butt. It was amazing. <laughs> Like, I sat down and I was like, wait a minute, the seats, the seats heated? Like, this just changed my life. Yeah. And so I came home and I looked it up. It's like $279 for one of those toilets. And they're and everywhere. Walk, and everyone, everyone has them. Like, yep. you go into a restaurant and they all have them. Like, my sister went into the restaurant and she's like, that is the nicest public restroom <laughs> I have ever used right? in my life. They're and amazing. the only thing that I, that I was... Like wanting to come to the United back to the United States for, which isn't even that big of a thing, and I could live with it. Is that when you go to a restaurant and you get a drink, they come in like two ounce drinks. Yeah, the and that's tiny, it. tiny waters you get. Yes, and you're just like, yeah. can I have like fourteen of these, please? <laughs> I would like another shot of water, please. One so, pitcher for the meal, please. Yes. Um, but but other than that, like the food was amazing. Like, yeah, very good. Uh, and and cheap, and you don't have to tip. It's great. So. Yeah. Um, and they got Taco Bell. Did you go to Taco Bell? I did not go to Taco Bell, but we did go to McDonald's. Nice. Uh, big, we got uh, Big Macu. 
yeah, we got the Big Mac. Oh no, I didn't get the Big Mac. I actually got um like they have like teriyaki chicken burgers. I was, I was gonna say there's the teriyaki burger that's that uh I know people like. Yeah, that's really good. And then there's like the shrimp burger. And then my friend Ricky ordered a lot of uh chicken nuggets which, okay which only come in five or 15 they don't have so how many did he order uh 15 30. every uh, of course he ordered 15 um but they the, what i wanted to say about it is they actually offer a cheese sauce for it instead mm. of the the regular stuff and he was coming back he's like man i'm gonna be really pissed when i get back to the united states and they don't have cheese sauce for my chicken nuggets i know it's that it's the little stuff that they have over there yeah. That, and I guess every country is like this to a degree that you're like, oh, man, I, I miss that. And I guess yes. that's the curse of travel. Yes. You know? But I, I, I do want to travel more, which apparently I just need to become a flight attendant. Yeah, so. go do that. It's pretty cool. But, but I, I think I make more money than most flight attendants. You probably do. Yes. And that's I hear flight attendants don't get paid very well. I'm sorry. No, we get paid pretty well. Oh, do you? Because uh, yeah. my uh, my I guess she's my sister-in-law. She makes. She was a flight attendant. She said she didn't make very much money, but I think she was working for like Delta or something. Depends on or United assignment, and a lot of time it depends on how long you've worked. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, uh, we're gonna end the podcast here. Otherwise, uh, uh, Earl and I are just gonna talk about Japan for the next hour. So uh, I know when I, I think of Halo Master Chief Collection coming close to PC, <laughs> I think of Japan. I'm sorry. I he mentioned flights, and I had to talk to him about that and figure out how it worked for for him flying. Do you, so, do you just go up and be like, "Hey, I work at an airline. Can I hop on?" Like, so, so you should just edit the uh, the intro music fading out. While you just don't say, shut the fuck up about Japan. We, we have the ability to talk about this off the podcast. That's true. I'm going to leave. So now. Uh, we watch anime. Uh, everyone, everyone so who's listening, I didn't, I, I didn't mention this by the way at the beginning, which I should have. You can listen to us everywhere, like Spotify, Podbean, uh, I hate this part. Uh, uh, Spotify, Stitcher. <laughs> Um, you know, pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast, just type in Reading Podcast. You can find us, and uh, we will see you next week. Thank you for being here, guys. Goodbye. We're just having fun, and we don't care who sees. 